Blog Talk Radio. Dynamic Word Bible Studies. This is your host, Lisa, with, um, I have some amazing co-hosts today. Who do I have? Cross the favorite. Cross the favorite. And Mariah. <laughs> and Mariah. And Cross, I think, is taking advantage of the fact that Mariah is not actually in the room right now to beat him up for saying his favorite. favorite. Right? <laughs> <laughs> So she's uh, actually in her car right now, but she'll be joining us in the studio soon. The studio. Doesn't that sound so professional? Yes, we're really in our bedroom. Okay. But, but we have a radio show. Uh, sorry, we have a radio show here, so. Technically, it's a studio. Yeah. Our pajamas are how that works. Exactly. Well, you're a homeschooler, so pajama is always a uniform. Okay. And so today, we also have a special guest, and we're so excited to her. She is the youth pastor over at New Hope Las Vegas. Please help us welcome Liz Condaloa. Is that how you say it right? Yes. yes. You said it perfectly. Yes! I'm so Yay, excited. Good <laughs> we have been waiting to have you on as a guest for like forever because we wanted Ryan to ask you on before she ever did. So we're so happy you're here. You have no idea. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. Oh, we're glad. We're glad you're here. So, um, as usual, what we're going to do, first of all, I want to give you just a little, little bit of uh, incentive to, to stick with us. This is actually our season finale. Uh, we are last show of the year. Your well, last recorded show of the year. We are wrapping up the book of Romans, the last chapter, the last verse, today, 49 weeks in the compass of this. And so, not almost 50 weeks in doing this, guys. That's kind of cool. So we're really excited to hit the end of it, but there's more to come. Of course, next season, we're going to be doing the Gospel of John. I'm so excited about that. Um, and between now and the beginning of next season, we will be playing for you um, some of our favorites, uh, the ones that we each personally like, and also guest favorites, um, and probably the ones Okay, okay, and we'll definitely have the ones that got um, the highest amount of views online. Um, so we will be having that for you as a special treat until January 3rd, which should be our very first installment of Season 2. I'm so excited. Season 2! But right now, let's cut the first break, and we will talk more about the Bible when we get back. See you in about three minutes. Thank you, everyone, for coming out tonight. Yes, none of this is what I put. Most people say they hate wearing shoes and would go barefoot if they knew they were allowed. 
People say it all the time on their social medias. But they are worried that someone will say something to them. So everyone wears the cheapest flip-flops with the least amount of fabric on them. Most people do not even know that it's completely 100% legal to go barefoot into a store. Most people think that driving barefoot is illegal, but it isn't. Driving barefoot actually is safer than wearing most shoes. Going outside barefoot for a walk is one of the healthiest things you could do, but most people are afraid someone will say something. Or they quote the myths and the rumors that their grandma told them years ago. The fact is, there are no laws against driving a car, going to a store, or eating in a restaurant barefoot. So don't give in to bad fashion, hurt heels, or a broken flip-flop. For more information, please check out barefootislegal.org or find us on your favorite social media. Food waste is one of the most easily solvable problems, literally the low-hanging fruit of environmentalism. Pardon the pun, it's my job. About 20% of all produce never makes it off the farm. It's because they just look a little funny, a little weird, but when you cut into it, it's perfectly good food. It's just a total shame. It's totally good stuff. We buy ugly produce directly from farms that often would go to waste because supermarkets won't buy it because of how it looks, and we deliver it to people's doors. This isn't that ugly at all. Like, that's the most common first box, like, complaint we get. We change that. We educate people. We show them how amazing these fruits and vegetables are. To have food delivered to your house. Box of produce every week. And it's more affordable. At a very reasonable price. Cheaper than the grocery store. I spend a lot less time in grocery stores. It's an adventure every time that you open your box. High quality produce. There's nothing wrong with the produce. And they taste exactly the same. It's not better. Save those fruits and vegetables that get wasted every year. And it's delivered to your door, like, so what you do? Why wouldn't you do? Why wouldn't you do? Please go to our website, freedomizerradio.live, and sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Use our promo code and get money off your first order. Go ahead and get some organic and all-natural meats, dairy, snacks, breads, and non-GMO produce. We all know that times are tough, and things are really expensive right now, so why not save a little bit of your wallet, as well as the landfill. Marty.com carries high-quality products at low, low prices, sometimes up to 70% off of retail. I just got a wonderful package of beef jerky for one cent sent to my house through Marty.com. Marty.com offers high-quality products at discount prices. Why? Well, sometimes products are seasonal or overstocked, or packaging just changes. It's still great quality food, but it's going to end up in the landfill if we don't find some way to distribute it. And leave that to Marty.com. Now, if you want to save a little extra today, you can get $20 off your first order by going to our Facebook group for Dynamic Word Bible Studies and picking up a discount code there. So check out Dynamic Word Bible Studies at Facebook and find Marty.com on our comments. You'll be able to get this free discount code. It's going to give you $20 off, and it's also a great way to support our show and to keep those landfills light 
and to save some money in your wallet. And I'm all about saving money. So check out Marty.com. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. This is your host, Felicia. I've got my co-host, Cross, here. Right? And Mariah is joining us, too. And we're also joined by the amazing youth pastor over at New Hope, New Hope Las Vegas, New Hope. New Hope. New Hope. <laughs> well, there, there is IHOP International House for Prayer. I think I got confused there. New Hope, Las Vegas. Liz, it's so, so good to have you with us. Um, and today we are hitting this milestone of finishing up the book of Romans. Now, and almost 50 shows. And almost 50 shows. This is the end of our first season of live recording. And then we'll be starting up in the Gospel of John really soon. But let's go ahead. Do you want to open, open us up in prayer there, Paul? Sure. Quick? Okay. Lord God, thank you for this day. <clears throat> thank you for everything you did for us. Thank you that we can do the show. Thank you for our amazing guests. And uh, we hope that show goes well. We don't have any more technical difficulties. Because <laughs> if people have been with us a long time, they know how that works. And uh, we pray that we have a good show today. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you. I'm getting some background sound somewhere. Um, so I just... I'm so excited. We're going to be talking about Romans chapter 16, verses 25 through 27. That is better, whatever adjustment was just made. Okay. And, um, Cross, did you want to read our key verse today? Can I have it pulled up? Okay. I'm having to tell the boy, because the boy is, is turning into a man. His voice is deepening. And it's harder to hear him, so he's going to have to speak really loud into that microphone this time. Now to him who is able to establish you by my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery hidden the long ages past, now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God so that all nations might only believe and obey him to the only wise God and glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay, that's a kind of a, a hard verse. That's kind of a challenging verse to read, is it not? Okay, so let's talk just a little bit about this. Paul is ending this epic letter that we've been in for months and months and months, learning all these amazing things that he had to tell the church at Rome. I just want to kind of, um, and he's already said hello to his friends at the end of this lengthy appeal um, to this church, and then he prays. Now, let's talk just a little bit about, do you remember what the purpose was of this letter to Rome that he wrote? Uh, He's trying to encourage them. That's part of it. He's also, like, I know Mariah was a missionary for a while, and she confirmed that she completely understood this, right? Because if you're going on a mission, there's a couple things you want to do. Number one, you want to make sure you have some financial support. Mm -hmm. And number two, you want to let the people know that you're coming, Right. So mm-hmm. part of it was he was trying to let the folks know that he was coming. He's like, hello, I'm on, I'm on my way. I need a place to stay. This sounds so familiar to those of us who have run a mission before, right? I'm on my way. I need a place to stay. I need some place that I can speak at. Um, and so he wrote this to prepare for his upcoming journey. But there's something else that we learn when we're reading this letter about the purpose behind it, Okay. And and it really kind of comes out in those last, like, three or four chapters. And that is that he is 
writing Rome to set the record straight because they have some um, they have some traveling preachers who are going through and they are teaching in Rome and they're teaching a false gospel. And so um, in this particular case, um, they they're teaching things that need to be added into the simplicity of the gospel for salvation's sake. And he's trying really hard to set the record straight and to preserve the simplicity of the glory of the gospel. Um, so all the churches are really dealing with these traveling preachers at the time, uh, but he's specific to Rome that he wants to make sure that they are on target. Um, the false preachers had come to persuade the church members to trust once again in their own works and in the fulfillment of certain aspects of the law as part of their salvation plan. But Paul is contending for their souls and saying that if we become once again subject to the law, we must perfectly fulfill it in order to be able to earn our salvation. Now, of course, we know that we can't, but... Um, the ancient church, let's just uh, reiterate, they did not have a Bible available to them. They may have fragments of the Old Testament, but much of the New Testament in 57 AD, this is all still being written. And so um, they can't just turn to the scroll of the Gospel of John or the scroll of the Gospel of Mark. Uh, Matthew, like right, these are all still being written, and of course it's going to take a long time before they're they're broadly distributed throughout the Roman Empire, right? Mm -hmm. So um, what does it say here in Romans 3, 19 through 22? Um, it says, now we know that whatever the law says, that it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we are becoming conscious of sin. But now righteousness from God, apart from the law, has made known to which the prophets and the law testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Christ Jesus to all who believe. There is no difference. Okay. So, um, Again, it's really easy for us, but we're referring back to Paul's own writing because now the church has that writing in their hands, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, but, but we have this understanding because, again, we have all these different writings um, in our Bible. We're able to easily turn to it. Um, and I still think that this creeps up as a problem in churches. Like, honestly, I, I really still think that this can be a problem. Um, so Paul is still far away from his friends and fellow believers in Rome. So the only way for him to really set the record straight is to write to the churches in Rome. Um, and when we share our, the gospel with our friends and our family, it can be really hard to know if we're sharing God's plan effectively, can't it? You know, I mean, we end up knowing a lot about theology and how you're supposed to act in church and protocol and tradition and stuff like that. But we don't really want to share all that necessarily. We just really want to share the gospel of God, because that's what has power to change people, right? Um, so we kind of need that same assurance that Paul did to be able to know that when we're leading people to Jesus, we're doing it in a way that produces life change and salvation, and not just in a way that expresses everything that we possibly might know in the Bible, okay? Um, because that's what's really important. 
So the question is, how do we know that our friends are safe in God's mercy? And honestly, the answer is we don't. We don't always know that. It's, it's a hard world, and the only, only God really knows the hearts of people. Let's check out um, Luke chapter 16, verse 15, uh, where it talks just a little bit about that. Do you see that, buddy? He said to them, you are the only ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of men, but God knows your hearts. What is highly valued among men is testable in God's name. So God's the one that knows the hearts of men. Mm-hmm. We don't know it, okay? So all we mm-hmm. can do is present the gospel correctly, right, um, in accordance to the Bible. And and then um, Paul's going to show us something extra that we can do too, okay, which is kind of cool. Okay. Um, we're blessed today to have access to the Bible, to not only the Bible, but also the the early church did not. Um as Paul prays for the children or for the church in Rome, he tells us what we must rely on to know those that we love are safe. Okay? So the first thing that he says, and we see this in verse twenty five, um, Romans sixteen, twenty five. We're saved by God's power. Okay? Um, Paul says that God is able to establish us in faith. It's not us establishing ourselves in faith. It's God establishing us in faith. And we're going to double-check with even another verse where he talks about this as well. And, again, it's in Romans, right? They would have had this scroll. Um, Romans chapter 4, verse 13, what does he say? Chapter 4. Chapter 4. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was there. <laughs> I thought it was uh, 14. Uh, Verse 13, right? Uh, It was not through law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be the heir of the world through their righteousness that comes by faith. Okay. So, um, So the righteousness comes by faith, not by anything that we do. Right? Okay. Um, okay. Um, so it doesn't come through anything that we do. It comes through God's work. And just like Abraham was deemed righteous by faith before he did anything good or bad for God, uh, we are also deemed righteous by faith before we ever do anything good or bad for God. Okay. Um, it's not by our power, strength, or goodness that we are saved, but by the faith in God's power to save us, and he can, right? He can save us. Um, And then this is a part that I really felt stood out in the whole book of Romans, and he reiterates it here, and that is that we're saved through God's wisdom, right? He totally had a plan, Um, and we're so creative. We come up with thousands of ways to justify ourselves and our actions But none of them can really save the way that God's master plan does. No matter how hard we try in our own strength, we'll never really know if we had done enough of what God required for salvation. And I think a lot of people can feel insecure in their salvation because of this. Um, Our wisdom just falls short every time. But in God's wisdom, he determined both the precise payment for sin And he provides the ransom himself through the sacrificial death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we see this demonstrated 
in um, Romans chapter 3, uh, verses 25 and 26. Should be right there. God presented him as the sacrifice of atonement, faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed and unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Now, I remember I was so excited when I read that verse. And the reason I was so excited was because as long as I've been a Christian, and I've been a Christian a long time, a Christian, I, I see, they were they were making fun of how I was saying Christian. I was totally prepared for them to say, oh, yeah, Mom, a long, long time, because you're old. But nobody <laughs> said that. Why would he? I'm old, and it's been a long time. Well, I, have to, I have to hold my reputation as a favorite. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got you, I got you, I got you. They're both vying for favorite co-hosts now. Uh, yeah, you know that. <laughs> Myself, I already am. Wow. You're the only son. She has to like you. So he's a favorite. Anyway. She doesn't like anybody. She has to love everyone. She doesn't have to like That's right. That's right. So, um. How about that? Hmm. Hmm. Anyway. (laughs) I'm not going to comment on that. No, we had to put you on the floor because you wouldn't wake up. Find me on a bed of nails, and I'd be like, "Wow, all right, sorry, all right, all right, all right." Simmer down, children. Let's talk about God is both justice, justifier. Why that's so cool? Okay. I can do some justice right now. Uh, could you? <laughs> wow. Anyways. <laughs> when you see Jesus, he's going to look at you and he's going to be like, remember that joke? <laughs> Not funny. No. <laughs> I think he does too. Uh, he must have a sense of humor because he lets me live. So, um, <laughs> so, so let's talk about this for just a second. This concept of God is both just and justifier. It's like the thing in the universe that should give us the most confidence in our hope of salvation. And the reason why is because I think that the major question is always, like, how do I become justified before God? And the beauty of the answer of him being both just and justifier is that God came up. He's the one who is saying, I need you to be good before me. I need you to be righteous before me, okay? I need you to be pure before me. And so he comes up with all of the different things that are sin versus good, right? But then, so he's the just one. He's going to be the judge at the end of time. But instead of letting someone else figure it out, he paid the price in advance and said, hey, look, here is what's going to fulfill this. All you have to do is is accept it and believe. And so the judge basically is already saying, the price is paid in full if you do this. And so when we do this, we know we're we're good. Because he's both the the judge and the one who justifies our actions. Which is super, super, duper awesome. So he's like judge and the defendant. He's the judge. He's, listen, he's the judge. And he is 
the person who paid the price. Not the defendant, okay, stepped in and already paid the price for it. So that's what's awesome. Imagine the courtroom scene, you're about to get sentenced, you are already guilty, right? And then someone comes in and says, wait, 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 wait. And I approach the bench, I already paid for all of this. Here's the receipt. And the judge says, wow, that's exactly what I needed in order to pay for this. You're free to go. Okay? Only it's the same person doing both rules there. Um, does anybody have anything to add to either of those points there? Because I'm just talking. Yeah, um, I, I just want to add that, you know, it's so good. Like you said, like, hallelujah. Like, I just want to scream at the top of my lungs that God says, you know, I did it already. I paid the price for you. I died for you. And I think sometimes it's just a hard concept for people to understand because, you know, we live in a world where where we do something, we get some type of reward. And so to not do something and have Christ just do it for us without accepting anything back, but just believe in me, believe in your son, believe that I died for you, you know, it's sometimes um, a hard concept for people to understand because we're so, in our flesh, we're so used to being like, what do you mean? You know, that's it. <laughs> and we right. do live in a world that um, you constantly, you know, like I said, um, we feel like we have to do work. So we feel like we just have to do something in order to get something back. And when Christ comes into our lives and says, no, I did it already. I paid for all that. I paid for your sins. I paid when you make mistakes. And you know, in return, I still continue to love you because you're my child and because I created you. And, you know, um, I just want you to just continue to live right before me. And, if, again, we just sit there like, that's it? And so, you know, I just want to encourage right. people. I think that's just what makes God to be our God, to be so powerful, to be, you know, the almighty. Um, it's because of what he did for us. And because, you know, I always think to myself, God, if you can go back and do that again, for little old me, would you do it? And his answer is yes, I will, because of his love for us. Uh, you know, and, and that always reminds me how much it is just important to believe in, in him and what he'll continue to do for us and that sometimes I don't constantly have to just work, 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 <laughs> uh, right? Because God's like, hey, what are you doing? I, I did it already. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And And if we did work to justify ourselves, who would it bring glory to? <laughs> to us, right? Right. right. But, but yep. we're not here to bring glory to ourselves. We're here to bring glory to God. Um, and, and if anybody wants any, like, a, a cherry on top of the Sunday there, like, like, you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, I hear this, and I hear your interpretation of this verse, but how do I know that it's true? If you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, that's God's seal on you saying, I'm going to come back for you. And Man. if the Holy Spirit is sitting inside of you, that's literally God himself. And he's not going to deny himself. That would be like if we could cut on, off an arm and then reattach it later, okay? And we gave someone our arm and said, now I'll be back for our arm. Don't you think I'm coming back for my arm? <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm just saying, like, if that was a thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you say I'm morbid. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, we're not going to deny ourselves, right? Like, we're going to come back and make ourselves whole, okay? And God's the same way, right? He, he put a 
right, until then I'm flopping around with no arm. But he put a deposit of himself in you, and he's not going to deny himself when it comes to raising you back. Like, he's going to continue to go after that because he already told you. He's like, here's my promise. Here's my deposit to let you know that that's for sure, for sure, for sure going to happen. I'm going to put my fullness inside you, and I won't deny myself. Even if you do something so bad that you think I'll deny you, just know I won't deny myself. Right? Mm-hmm. So, um, go God, right? Yeah. Go God! <laughs> yes, amen. So, <laughs> so the more thing that Paul says we can do um, to partner with God in all this, because basically what he's saying is, God provides salvation, okay? You just have faith. It's by God's power and through his wisdom. We had nothing to do with anything, right? And a lot of times that leaves us feeling like, okay, so, like, why am I here? Like, what's my part? Right? Why, why am I partnering here? And we partner in faith and in prayer, okay? We can pray for those that we share Jesus with. And we can partner with God and trust in faith that he will complete the work that he set out to do in us and bring himself the glory just as he says. Um, and God deserves it, uh, Romans 16. Um, and God deserves all that glory. He did all the hard work um, and everything that we couldn't do for ourselves. So we're just going to check again here because uh, I want to highlight that it's in verse 27 of our um, main scripture. So Romans chapter 16, verse 27. What does it say again? To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ, exclamation point, amen. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, right? Like, <laughs> he deserves all that glory, all of it. Um, and and we've already discussed, like, I, I know you missed it, uh, Miss Liz, in, in previous shows, uh, but we have discussed over and over again that we are all called, all are called, right? All are yes, called, not just, not just pastors, all oh, the pastors are amazing, but we're all called <laughs> to share in the gospel and to share in the labor. Um, so we're all called to the simplicity, to share the simplicity of the gospel with the world. We must remove every stumbling block between them and the good news. God did all the work. We just trust and believe in his power and wisdom to save us, and we follow his holy leadership to make us more and more like Jesus every day. I want to leave you guys with one more scripture. Uh, This is the last scripture reference I'm going to make for the first season. Are you ready for it? Philippians 1, 4, 6. This is the last scripture I'm going to read for the the last scripture I'm going to read for the season. Okay. Lean in. Read it nice and loud and clear. Well, live. 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 In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And I need that promise sometimes because I'm still a work in progress. Man, sometimes I'm like, Lord, help me. Um, we all have we all have issues sometimes, right? Um, but uh, remember, change it comes from the Holy Spirit, not from Felicia's spirit, right? Uh, it's not it, it's not the fruit of Felicia's spirit. It's the the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and so it's just me continuing to yield um, my power to His and to come under. Uh, submission to God, that's where that whole 
will inherit the earth when he comes in. So praise God that he fulfills his promises. Amen. Does anybody else have Amen. anything to throw into the about that, that little teaching there? Anybody got anything no, to I add? I, I, um, I agree with you. Um, you know, we will always have uh, work in this to, to complete, well, that God has to complete. And so, you know, just to add on to you, like, it's not Liz's spirit, it's Holy Spirit. And that's why God did send it down, you know, to be the helper in our lives individually. And I think sometimes people think, well, you know, it's easy to depend on someone else that knows the answers. Well, no, they're getting the answers from their Holy Spirit. But it's the same Holy Spirit we all carry, but that Holy Spirit will work for you in your life and what God's calling us to do and, um, you know, how to do it. And so, you know, once again, I think it's just remembering, like, uh, you know, this whole topic of, even the simplicity of the gospel, like God is a simple God. He doesn't want to overcomplicate our lives. He doesn't want to make it any harder for us. Like I think we make it just harder on ourselves, but remembering that if we just rely on the Holy Spirit, um, you know, we will always come out victorious in him. So. Oh, yeah, no, I I agree. And, and <laughs> another thing that's mind-boggling to me is that I have the same Holy Spirit in me that Paul had in him, that Peter had in yes. him, that had in him like there's not a holy spirit for felicia and a bigger holy spirit for big and um and that holy spirit is complete in the fullness of god and so i literally have all of the power of god dwelling within me and all of his character in the fullness of the fruit of the spirit dwelling in me in the completeness simply my job to yield to it so that people see god in me instead of you know what I mean? Amen. So, um, well, I think that kind of wraps us up because I'm, again, a little over time. I talk too much. We all know this. Uh, <laughs> so I think that kind of wraps up our Bible study. Let's go ahead and cut to commercial break because I'm so excited to hear Liz's testimony, okay? All right. All right, guys. We'll see you in just a few minutes. I'm Cross the Favorite. Of all the grounding studies... The one that really got our attention is called Electric Grounding Improves Vagal Tone in Preterm Infants. In the study, 26 premature babies in an NICU were connected to grounding wires. The heart rates of the grounded infants stabilized. And their vagal tone, a critical measure of infant health, increased by 67% with grounding. The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, healthcare providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided. Did you know that every time you swipe your debit card, those behind-the-scenes transaction fees make the big banks even richer? In 2016 alone, these fees added up to $60 billion. Yes, that's billion with a B. Well, what if there was a way to have the convenience of a debit card, but reroute those fees from the banksters to organizations actually doing good in the world? Organizations that protect the environment or feed hungry children? What if your swipes could literally change the world? Well, Groundswell SPC has found a way to do just that. We've designed a Visa debit card program that shares transaction fees with your favorite cause. Groundswell partners with nonprofit organizations 
that promote the card to their supporters. Their supporters then use the card to power the mission of the nonprofit. It's a win-win-win for everyone, except the big banks, of course. Groundswell is about to launch its first cards into market, and we're inviting you to be part of this movement as an investor in the company. Go to wefunder.com backslash groundswell card to learn more. Set up a free WeFunder account and invest in Groundswell today and get your money on mission. We all know that times are tough and things are really expensive right now. So why not save a little bit of your wallet as well as the landfill? Marty.com carries high-quality products at low, low prices, sometimes up to 70% off of retail. I just got a wonderful package of beef jerky for one cent sent to my house through Marty.com. Marty.com offers high-quality products at discount prices. Why? Well, sometimes products are seasonal or overstocked or packaging just changes. It's still great quality food, but it's going to end up in the landfill if we don't find some way to distribute it. And leave that to Marty.com. Now, if you want to save a little extra today, you can get $20 off your first order by going to our Facebook group for Dynamic Word Bible Studies and picking up a discount code there. So check out Dynamic Word Bible Studies at Facebook and find Marty.com on our comments. You'll be able to get this free discount code. It's going to give you $20 off, and it's also a great way to support our show and to keep those landfills light, and to save some money in your wallet. And I'm all about saving money. So check out Marty.com. And welcome back to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. This is your host, Felicia. Um, I've got my co-host here, Cross, the favorite. And (laughs) I roll, present (laughs) I roll from my other co-host, Mariah, the glorious. Mariah's a glorious. <laughs> That's like I will own you. Is that like in in Narnia? I don't know which one it is, but when Peter, uh, <laughs> I think I think it's in Prince Caspian where he introduces himself as King Peter the Magnificent, uh-huh. and everybody kind of laughs at him and says, "You could have left off the magnificent part." Mm. <laughs> I think. So. I don't think. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Can I get a little theologist? Like can I can I can I dive into that? Okay, because listen, if he just said, "Hey, I'm Peter," like, nah, like that that could be any old Peter. But his new identity, he is a king now. He's not just some Joe on the street. He is Peter the Magnificent. He has titles. Just like us, we are no longer just a human being. We're not just Mariah. I am Mariah. A woman of God, a um, anointed. <laughs> I have title now, so of because course I'm going to. God use made it. you so. Exactly. Okay. So. so I have title, and I'm going to use that title because that's my identity. I mean, how many Boom. King Peters do you think there really were? Um. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, 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 I would like to um, introduce our guest speaker. Her name is Liz. Uh, yes, Liz, Liz the Magnificent. She is absolutely incredible. <laughs> Part of New Hope, Las Vegas, for quite a long time now. Um, she grew up there, 
um, in her teenage days, right? In the, yeah. In the cut along. Young life. <laughs> and directly at me. <laughs> and um, she eventually became one of the most prominent and most impactful youth leaders I know. Um, I enjoy our conversations together when we're in the office. Um, she is a wonderful wife, a wonderful leader, and a wonderful speaker. Um, she's very convincing on um, telling me to do things that I don't want to do. <laughs> and, um, I enjoy her immensely. So um, we're going to welcome Liz. So, Liz, what has God done in your life that has um, made an impact to you? Um, you know, the biggest one for me is uh, we're human, right? And so anytime we just in life we come across, like, challenging situations or we think we're just not going to make it or we're rolling on the ground crying, on the ground crying. I mean, at least that's me sometimes in my vulnerability. And it's just like every time I pray out to God, he just comes through. It's like I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know when he's going to do it. But when he does, it's like his timing is so perfect. So that's one thing I know that I can always depend on God for sure. It's like he's just going to come through in my life no matter what the situation looks like, my circumstance, my finances. It's like he's just there. And it's like I can, you know, give examples, but when you go through it for yourself and just experience God's goodness, it's just something that you can never, ever ever, 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 <laughs> um, you know, continue to doubt in your life. Um, and something God, I think he always does that um, every season of my life. Um, it could be, you know, um, next year. It could be next month. It could be next week. Um, or wherever life is taking me, um, I know that God is just always going to be there to just make a way through for me. And again, no matter how he does it or when he does it, he does it. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. God's just faithful, isn't he? Yes, he is. <laughs> He's just faithful. There's like, every once in a while you're like, I want more words, but like the Bible puts it perfectly that God's faithful in your life, right? Amen. Can you, can you tell us just a little bit about like your journey and how you came to Jesus and, and how he's brought you to where you are now? Because I don't think I'm wrong in saying that he's not just brought you into a position where like, you were a believer, and then now you're a saint, right, because that's what the Bible says about you, right? And then you're a lay leader in your church. But I, but I think he's also preparing you for some big ministry changes, too. Can you, like, share a little bit about that with us? Um, yeah. So, you know, when I first came to New Hope Las Vegas, I was new to my walk. Um, I was honestly just church hopping around the city of Las Vegas trying to figure out what church was for me, you know, I didn't understand, to be honest, why it was important to be plugged into a church. And um, I remember walking in New Hope, Las Vegas, and I just heard a voice say to me, you're home. And I remember I looked behind me like, who was that? <laughs> you know, and um, I just knew it was God, and it was something stirring in me to say, hey, you, you found home. And so when I finally got plugged in uh, to New Hope, Las Vegas, I started to understand the community uh, that's needed in our lives, you know, with with people and, and with God's people and what it says to, you know, um, do life together. Um, I learned to grow in that. Um, I started to um, honestly serve in um, 
missions was uh, one of my first ministries, uh, just because they were going to Mexico. And so me being um, from uh, Mexico, you know, I would always joke with the missions pastor and say, hey, I only went because I was Mexican, right, or because I spoke Spanish. And we would just joke about it. Uh, but really, uh, the missions field is what drew me to always be around children. And I think it was God's leading at the same time. Um, I was always surrounded by children. I was always led to be with the children. And so, uh, you know, a few years forward, we fast forward, uh, a prophet uh, had came over me and was like, hey, um, you're actually called to be in uh, children's and youth and the next generation. And, you know, me being so new to my walk and still learning who God was in my life, I'm like, there's no way this this guy's telling me what I'm going to do with my life. And sure enough, uh, God just kept sending signs over to me. And, you know, I finally committed um, to being in the next generation and, and outpouring to the children and to, the, you know, just God having me there for the last five years, honestly. Um, I've seen God move the children. I've seen God move through my life. I've seen God, you know, the word says that he speaks to the mouth of babes. And when I tell you that children and the youth speak these miraculous things and you're like, where did you get that from? And you know, it's just God moving in them because their faith is so pure. And so, um, you know, God just keeps taking me every season, uh, every year to just see like how greater he is and just how bigger he is. Like we think God is good. And it's like, I feel like sometimes it's just a dose of God, but because we're so drenched in who he is, we're like, there's more Lord. Really? What is that? And so I'm just at a point where I just want to continue to grow deeper um, with the Lord, you know, just deeper in his love, deeper in who he is, deeper in his plans over my life and those that, uh, you know, we, we minister to. And so, um, yeah, I think, I hope I answered your question. I feel like I could rant on about what God has done in my life. <laughs> That's all good. We want to hear your rant on, um, you know, <laughs> They, they they always they always say like okay so like here's here's the way it goes right if, if God can do it in your life you can do it in my life too right so when you share your testimony it's just a vision of what God can do for for me too right Amen um so you started out saying that when you came to New Hope you were looking for a church you were already a Christian at that time how did your um, salvation come about. Um, so my salvation actually came through my dad. Um, I, I grew up Catholic. Uh, you know, I did not like going to church growing up, uh, you know, growing up in a Catholic church. Um, I'm not sure if it's the same for all, but definitely in a Spanish Catholic church. It was more like a ritual. We go in, we sit down, we sing the same song. I, I knew the exact time where we were going to kneel and pray and take communion, and it was boring. And, you know, unfortunately, back then, I thought when I was very, very young, I thought God was a boring God. I was like, wow, this this is him. We just sing the same songs, and we say the same prayers, and that's it. Goodbye. And so, um, you know, my dad was actually the first uh, to actually come to uh, Christianity or to come to Christ and build a relationship with him. And I remember he said, um, hey, come join me to this con- Um I really enjoyed where I'm at. I want you to get to know God on, you know, your own level, your own relationship. I, I just want you to come check it out. And I remember I was about, um, I was about 19, 20. And I said, okay, dad, you know, I'll, I'll, I trust you. I'll come. And so we went and it was this prophetic conference um, at the Unova Thomas and Mack Center. And I remember they did this skit, I believe it was called House. Um, 
where it has this one person, you know, just being lost and sad in the world. <clears throat> and Jesus comes and comes and saves him and is protecting this person from all the bad and, and just how life was bringing this person down. And I remember just crying. I believe I was crying for two hours, and I was like, okay, I don't know what this is. I don't know if this is you, God, but I can't stop crying. And I remember just crying, and my, my dad looked at me and said, oh, that's God. <laughs> he said, that's God touching your heart. And, um, you know, I will never forget this moment. I, I, I kid you not, I was crying for at least two hours, like, snot was coming down my nose. Like, I just couldn't hold it in. And you just felt, I just felt this transformation. And I remember the pastor at the time gave the salvation call and said, you know, if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you want to believe in him now, um, raise your hand. And I remember I raised my hand and he's like, repeat after me. And we're saying this salvation prayer. And I remember because I was just crying, I was like mumbling, but crying at the same time. And I knew God heard my heart and was like, daughter, you're saved. And so from then on, you know, I, I, I got curious. I was like, okay, who really is this God in my life? And and what can he do for me, or what do I have to do for him? And so um, that's when my beginning started of church hopping because I wanted to see who God was. And so um, I had to learn as well, though, that church hopping wasn't good, <laughs> that you have to be planted somewhere. And so, uh, you know, I'm glad God brought me to New Hope Las Vegas, and um, I got to grow in a church um, that has community and connects and is like-minded and, you know, just going with Christ. So guess the rest is history but yeah that was that was my salvation and my encounter with God <laughs> I love that that's awesome I also remember Liz there was um, a story you had shared where you were ministering um, I think it was on the on the strip or somewhere and you met a child who wanted to talk about Jesus and a brother was not too pleased about that do you do you remember this story oh yes yes um are you able to share that story? Absolutely. This is such a another unforgettable moment. Uh, one, this is where God really spoke to my heart and was like, hey, quit running away from ministering to the next gen. I've called you there, so go. <laughs> um, this is around the time that the October 1 shooting had happened. And I remember a lot of churches in our city came together and started praying for people on the strip and the families at the Las Vegas welcome sign. And I remember particularly one night, um, there was this family that was just, you know, uh, walking around, looking at the pictures of the people who passed. And um, God led me to this kid. Um, I believe he was about maybe fourth, fifth grade. And he said, God told me, hey, go pray for him. And I was like, I don't know, Lord, you know, the stranger walking up to him in the Las Vegas city at night, he might be scared. And, uh, you know, sometimes we like to have our own conversations with God and, and ask him, like, are you sure? We questioned him, like, are you sure, God, that's you? And so, you know, God was so gentle and was like, yes, please go, you know, pray for this young boy. And so I went over and I said, hey, um, you know, how are you doing? Um, um, you know, where are you from? And uh, it was him and his older brother. His older brother came right away. And he's like, oh, we're from London. We're just visiting Las Vegas. We heard what happened. I said, oh, okay. And then I said, hey, um, uh, you know, could I pray for you? And his older brother immediately was like, oh, no, nope, nope. We, we don't do that. We don't believe in God. We're good. And his younger brother looked at him and said, um, I want prayer. You may not want prayer, but I want prayer. And I remember his older brother looked at uh, the younger brother and was like, are you sure? Like, where is this coming from? And the younger brother said, no, I want prayer. 
And I said, absolutely. I said, well, let me pray for you. What, what can I pray for you specifically? And the younger brother said, um, I've been having back problems, and I've had to have a lot of surgery for my back problems, and, you know, I really want my back to get better. And I said, hey, absolutely, let's pray. And so at this point, uh, their nanny walks over, and she's like, hey, no, we're, we don't do that. We don't pray. And I said, oh, well, you know, he wanted prayer. If, if that's okay, if I can pray for him. And at this point, the young boy was just crying, and I knew that God was just moving in his spirit because of this desperation that he had, like, God, heal me. Heal my back. And so, you know, I told him, I said, hey, can we just all hold hands? Can we just go in a circle and hold hands, and let's just all pray together? And um, I was so blessed to have one of my sisters with me who was actually an ICU nurse. And I said, hey, sis, I know you're anointed in this place. Can you also lay hands on his back? And she said, yeah, absolutely, let's do it. And so um, we started praying for him. And I just felt this tingle in my hands. I felt this, like, just adrenaline rushing on his back. And, like, he was sweating. And I knew God was healing him. And so we prayed over his back, and he was just crying. And his older brother started weeping, and the nanny just stood there like, what is going on? And so I said, okay, you're healed in Jesus' name. Don't even worry about those surgeries because you're healed. By the time you get back to London, your doctors are going to tell you you're healed. And so they said, thank you so much, and they walked away. And I remember the nanny just sat there looking at them, and the parents came over, and, of course, the parents got worried. You know, they see their children crying. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I just wanted to let you know we, we prayed over your one of your sons. And they just stood there in awe, like, wow, what happened? You know, they weren't upset. They, they, they didn't question what happened. They just knew that it was the move of God. And so um, I walked away there um, crying um, because I knew, I'm so sorry, it's just the Holy Spirit. Um, I knew that God, you know, ordained that time to happen. I knew that that boy was going to get his healing. And all it took was his belief. You know, in the book of Acts, it says that you shall believe in Jesus, you know, to believe in him and you and your household shall be saved. And, um, you know, just sometimes sharing with people that all it takes is them believing. It doesn't take work. It doesn't take, um, you know, clearing up your sins first. No, but just to believe that God is who he says he is and God will do what he says he will do. And so, um, you know, Mariah, when you asked me about that night, I'm over here in tears because it, it just Holy Spirit reminds me all over again uh, what God does and, and who he is and, and why we do what we do, um, right, for people to just get to know him. So sorry for ranting on again. <laughs> no, no, do not apologize. This is, like, why we're here. Like, we want to hear your story. Um, it, it, and it's beautiful. Like God laid out that story in you to be a testimony of His goodness, His power, His glory working through your life. Who is? I I I would never call Liz average because she's amazing and beautiful and wonderful. But average. <laughs> right, right, right. But we're just normal folks. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? We're we're so, so we're we're just normal people. We're 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 not. Um, you know, the evangelistic healers on stage or whatever like that, but God's glory and power. No, we are all you. called. <laughs> right. So when he calls you to do over and above and beyond all the things that we could ever imagine, right? That's that's what we're what we're told, right? You did go to a, mm-hmm. a healing service and the guy who would put his hands on the forehead, like shoved them back and then they went, Woo! <laughs> Yeah, there was, there's, 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 um, 
there's a whole culture of that, but the point is that you don't have to be some uh, tent revivalist healer. Like your qualification is Jesus. That's it. Right, 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 Amen. right. Um, so it sounds to me like your entire testimony just rests on learning to be um, in the presence and in a genuine relationship with Jesus. Uh, but I know we all have, I, I'm speaking for me, but I, I'm going to think this is a generality that everyone has hot and cold seasons and times when we don't feel as close to God. Um, and then other times we feel very close to God. And because your uh, testimony is so wrapped up in your relationship with God, I just want to know how do you keep your relationship with God um, alive and active during those hard times when it's hard to hear? Um, you know, it's just trusting that God is working behind the scenes. Like, even when you don't feel your heart melt, even if, you know, during a worship song, even if you're not, like, weeping, like, at least for me, because that's how it is. Like, I feel God the most when I'm, like, in worship or prayer and my heart's melting. And I'm like, oh, my God, God, you're, you know, I feel you. And and in the times that I don't, I honestly just trust that God is still doing what he's supposed to be doing in my life um, or, you know, what he's going, going to be doing. Um, and remembering that I can only control what I can control and continue to do what, um, you know, God wants me to do. You know, sometimes they say, um, I heard this great example where they say, uh, if you're in school and you're taking a test and the teacher is quiet, uh, right, you're, it's really meant to see for you to pass the test. And, and sometimes we feel like that, like, is this a test, God? Are you quiet? I don't feel you. Um, but really, you know, God's just trusting and, and wanting for us to pass that test or, you know, just to um, continue to confide um, and believe by faith that he's still there. He, he's still working it out. Um, even when we don't feel it, even when he's not sending us signs and miracles and wonders, <laughs> he is definitely um, moving in our lives and, and not going anywhere and um, always present. And so um, I think it's beautiful that we just remind ourselves, like, no matter what, as long as we always invite him in, he will always be there. You know, I I um, work with Next Gen at my church right now, too, and I remember being up at camp, and one of our little girls, Berkeley, um, was asking about what the gift of faith looks like in action. And I don't think that I've ever heard it um, stated in quite as perfect a way as what you just did. Like, that is absolutely a the gift of faith that just has faith beyond faith, that God's going to show up and do what God said he would. So um, I, did you have anything else to add? Uh, no, it, I, I feel like if I do, I'm going to take your guys' radio show for like another two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've got time. Uh, <laughs> Hearing her story, just, it, it makes me tear up. I'm like, this is just so wonderful, and I just love it so much. So, so I'm good. happy to hear all of the stories. So, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, if we're, if, if we're at a good stopping place, let's go ahead and we'll hop to commercial break. I have some questions related to our Bible study, and then we'll uh, wrap up from there, okay? We'll see you guys in about three minutes, as usual. (laughs) Of all the grounding studies, the one that really got our attention is called Electric Grounding Improves Bagel Tone in Preterm Infants. In the study, 26 premature babies in an NICU were connected to grounding wires. The heart rates of the grounded infants stabilized. 
and their vagal tone, a critical measure of infant health, increased by 67% with grounding. The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, healthcare providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided. Did you know that every time you swipe your debit card, those behind-the-scenes transaction fees make the big banks even richer? In 2016 alone, these fees added up to $60 billion. Yes, that's billion with a B. Well, what if there was a way to have the convenience of a debit card, but reroute those fees from the banksters to organizations actually doing good in the world? Organizations that protect the environment or feed hungry children? What if your swipes could literally change the world? Well, Groundswell SPC has found a way to do just that. We've designed a Visa debit card program that shares transaction fees with your favorite cause. Groundswell partners with nonprofit organizations that promote the card to their supporters. Their supporters then use the card to power the mission of the nonprofit. It's a win-win-win for everyone, except the big banks, of course. Groundswell is about to launch its first cards into market, and we're inviting you to be part of this movement as an investor in the company. Go to WeFunder.com backslash Groundswell card to learn more. Set up a free WeFunder account and invest in Groundswell today and get your money on mission. Freaks, outsiders, weirdos, the wallflowers, oddball loser, fish out of water, speak up, talk quieter. We are different. There's no arguing. It's a fact. A patchwork of flaws, we grow and adapt. We're funky, unconventional. See life through kaleidoscope eyes. In a field full of clovers, with our four leaves, we bask in blue skies. Flaws are natural. Our imperfections, our weaknesses, our scars. There is a misfit in all of us. We just have to be brave enough to embrace who we are. <laughs> All right, guys. So welcome back to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. This last is your show, host. Last live show of the season. Last live show of the season. We are finishing up Romans. Uh, we are joined by our guest, Liz, who um, I know she stepped away from the mic, but she'll be back on shortly. And um, I've got my co-hosts, both of them here. Cross the favorite. Hard eye roll. Hard eye roll from Mariah, who is going Mariah. to say she's the actual favorite. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> I don't need to prove myself. I know I'm the favorite, so I'm Mariah. All right. Well, I um, am who I am, and I am the favorite. Okay. So, uh, I am who I am. So, guys, you know, you want to give these guys some love because as we move into the next season, we want to encourage them to keep joining us and keep working. It's hard stuff. Um, but now we're going to go. Hi, Liz. Hi. Hi. Max. How are you guys? All good, all good. No worries at all. So now we're going to go into our Q&A, and I've got a few questions. Um, I kind of like them all, so we're going to try to see if we can hit them all this time uh, within our time constraints. Uh, the text them to you, Liz. They're they're on your text message. Um, so the first one's okay. going to be, why do you think it's important to teach the pure gospel and not add unnecessary rules to it? 
I actually yesterday just read, um, it was like in John 3, like Sir John or something, uh-huh. um, where this guy was leading the church, and John's like, so by the way, guys, I reached out to this guy, and this is not how you're supposed to do leadership. He won't respond to us. He won't welcome in people. Um, and if people are kind to these to the traveling teachers that I'm sending, they get kicked out um, because they this guy is not teaching the gospel. Okay. And he, we're going to have to sit down and have a discussion. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's kind of similar where if we are um, adding things to the gospel, not only is the gospel, the gospel is fine on its own. It doesn't need your help. Um, <laughs> but I also think that when we add things, we start to – become more full of ourselves because now it's like now I know now I know it all because right. I'm adding on to it and I'm right, right kind of thing we kind of get our ego boost what I know what I know that you don't know right the I know that you don't know and if you go against what I know then you're clearly not saved and you shouldn't be here right right um, right and that's just one of the examples sometimes it can go like so far and in so many other directions right um like, oh, yeah, God is love, so everything's permissible. And it's like, mm-hmm. did you read your Bible? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and we come across that so often where it's like, well, God said this. Yeah, but did you read the verse before that? Right. Did you read it all in right. context? Right. And, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's. And and honestly, like as as girls in the church, even where, oh well, I believe the gospel because I'm not trying to go against God's word and become a minister. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm, did you read that right though? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's this constant debate of, did you read it right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And and so it's just it's much easier if you start if if, if you um, just read the gospel right. Just if Jesus saved. God, it was God's plan. It's in his power and his might. Um, Jesus' resurrection was the ultimate testimony that what he said about himself was true. End of story. Right. You know, end, right. end of story. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's a thing. It's like, why are we fighting about this? Yeah. We don't have time for that. And, and I have plenty of people say <laughs> things like, well, you know, um, Jesus never claims to be God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's a little harder for us in our Western mindset to see that. You know, but basically any time that you see Pharisees trying to kill him, yeah, he said he was God. You just have to figure out what he said and, and why they took it that way. Like, so many like, people, I mean, so many people, they're just like, yeah, Jesus never said he was God. Though. I was like, um, did you read the, like, 50 parts in each gospel where he said he was God? Right, right. Pretty much any time somebody's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, and they all went to stone him or throw him off a cliff. Promise you, he said something about being God. Like, I am the law of Moses. I am who I am. It's right. like if you know the context, yeah, he 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 said he's God. He's he's, he's letting you know, um, and they didn't miss it, by the way. Um, what what I think is really important when we think about this is that um, God is the one who has the power to save, and God has the one to have. The, he is the one that has the power to change lives. Yes. And so whenever I add Amen. my humanness to that, that interferes, that gets in the way with God, work in the way that God works. Do you see what I'm saying? What good is it if someone believes in Jesus, if they don't experience the kind of life change that they're supposed to when Jesus comes into their life and becomes Lord of their life? 
Like, it's not about a prayer. It's literally all about submission to Jesus as Lord. So it fulfills the covenant. That's like a whole long explanation. But the point is, when I get in the way, I don't even need to understand the theology about why it works. What I need to know is when I get in the way with my humanness, I, like, short-circuit the power of God operating in someone's life. And, you know, if, if, if somebody is really going through that life change of becoming saved, and becoming a new creation in Christ, that's God's work, not my work. I just need to sit down and sit back. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Good. Everybody else feeling that? Yep. Liz, do you want to add anything? I know. I think everything you guys are saying is so good. You know, um, I have a, a bit of a different perspective. Um, uh, the same, same goal, you know, with Mariah saying, you know, as far as people reading the gospel. Um, you know, we have the ones that, and I, I can say this because I've been all three, we have the ones that will read it, and when it's hard, I just skip over it and then keep going, <laughs> right? And so I miss uh-huh. really ex- to extract the wor- uh, God's word. Um, you know, some of us also look at it like the Bible or the gospel, like a math problem, and I'm like, well, again, we're overcomplicating it. God, God didn't you know, call himself to be a complicated God. No, he's a simplistic God. He's a God of love. He's a God of power. He's a God of, he's a transformer, you know, um, to change lives. And, you know, I just want to encourage people sometimes that if reading the Bible or reading your word or just hearing about the gospel seems complicated, start off small. Start off with the children's book. Start off with a different translation. And, you know, Start from there. Grow from there. We don't have to, you know, automatically start off with James' Bible. And though it's a great Bible, you know, it's okay to just be honest and transparent with ourselves and say, hey, I don't understand that. You know, I don't understand that terminology. I don't understand the brethren and the shall and the V, and that's okay. And so, um, you know, when I first started, I started off with children's books. And I knew that the gospel was just so simple. It was watered down in the way that I could understand it. And then I grew to, you know, start changing up the translations um, that the Bible provides. And so um, I just love what Mariah said is like when people like to add on, sometimes it's like, you know, you got to go back to your word and really see what that says. You know, don't take it out of context. And I think that's why people have a hard time believing what other people say sometimes. And so, you know, it's important for us to go back ourselves and read what the scripture really says. What is the Bible really saying? Um, how is it speaking to you? And, you know, how it can help you. So, Right, right. And I do find that, you know, like as I read, um, I come with, because I'm a human, Right. Okay. So I come with my own presuppositions, my own thoughts. Right. And I can read my thoughts into the Bible. But if I continue to read into it, and by the way, when I first was saved, I was very wrong about a lot of things. A lot of things mm-hmm. I was really, really wrong about. Um, and so that's the difference between like when I'm saved, I'm justified immediately. But I'm not sanctified immediately. I'm only partially sanctified. God has to to take us through that step, like. Uh, my, my price is paid for and I'm saved right away, okay? But yes. but that process of me becoming less me and more Jesus, that takes place over a lifetime. Um, and so uh, my my job is just to yield to when I when new truth about the Lord is revealed in in a scripturally sound way, 
um, for me to yield to that and for me to understand that when he and I are in conflict, he's right and I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> that's a hard one. He's right, I'm wrong. So if I was reading something in scripture, I need to like, hold on there, hold on there, let's see what God actually thinks. And then I can wrestle with that. But at least it's a genuine wrestling with God about what he really thinks instead of me just thinking that I know, you know. Um, so uh, it's just really important. And that that right there is what we're talking about, that that power for God to um, not just save us, to, but to purify us step by step, bit by bit through our walk. Um, and when we start adding things like rules and uh, legalism to everything, then we start trying to purify ourselves instead of allowing God and just our submission to God to do the power work that God has always meant to do. Um, the dog is knocking on the door. It's kind of funny. Um, was Paul, he, he, he boots the doorknob with his nose, and now he has resorted to putting his whole body against the door. Um, Warning. Yes. Was Paul right in being worried with aspects of legalism being brought into the church? And that, like, leads right into what I was just talking about. Anybody else want to want to jump in on that one so I don't talk too much? Yeah. there. I actually know a, a girl, and she is so sweet. She's adorable. I adore her. She's gifted and talented and just the kindest young lady I've ever met. Um, we were in the car yesterday, actually, and I was complaining about – traffic and she was like you know what it's so great that we have a car to get there though and that we're going to get there safely and I was like you're right you are so right but one of our <laughs> other conversations we had a while ago um, she she is actually actually Catholic and this is not any, she's a high Catholic she's high Catholic yes. she's very Catholic um, and she's so sweet um, and at one time she was like um, pretending like she had lied, and she did the, the the little cross sign and everything. Like she's she's very high Catholic. We were talking about the Holy Spirit, and um, this was a while ago. We're talking about Holy Spirit. We're talking about how um, it affected my life and like all of these things. Because like there's no shame to Catholics. I just also, and I might get some hate for this. Um, I think they're missing out on so much. Um, like that, and, and like I'll leave it at that because I don't want to get in trouble. I was about to say, um, no, I, I'm going to interject here and say that I have known myself a few born-again Catholics. And, and that, so that's it's, awesome. It's possible, but, but yes, but yes you, and, it's difficult when you're, when you're um, working your way through your faith. Yes, and so uh, we're talking about the, the Holy Spirit and how it's impacted my life, and she just starts cheering up, and she's like, that is so awesome because... I know that God only speaks to certain anointed people, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, what? No, 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 no. You can have this too. But it, I guess maybe she just wasn't ready to hear that part in particular. But the sorrow um, mm-hmm. in just hearing that, like, God only speaks to only special, special people, people. Yeah. and I'm not mm-hmm. one of them. And it's like, excuse you, no, yes, you are. Right. Um, and so I think that that's the hard part about legalism is that um, you limit yourself mm-hmm. to only getting 
this small portion because you're taking your own value, your own worth, mm-hmm. and saying, well, this is out as much as I should get. And really, if you think about it, legalism-wise, like, you don't even deserve that much. It, right, right. But <laughs> that, that's, that's still giving yourself too much. But when we're taking on the gospel and we're taking on Jesus and we're like, I'm not, I'm not me. I am I'm close in Christ. Yeah. So, um, so now I get not only this small portion that I thought I should have, but I, now I get the whole thing because Christ is of infinite value. Right. I don't get the turkey leg or the wing or the chicken wing. I get the whole chicken. Sure. So, and, and, and (laughs) that's all. So, so again, we, we did this whole show and, and maybe I, I actually realized I love talking about covenant, but I never actually did a segment on covenant and the understanding of covenant. But that's really when, when, when the Bible says that we're clothed in Christ, that's like covenant talk um, to say that Christ is in me. I'm in him. We're partnered together as a one ship. And so if I'm clothed in Christ, it says, if I am Christ, even though I'm not, he's given me his power, his authority, and his identity to operate within his kingdom. That's like literally what the definition would have meant in a covenant. So when you're clothed in Christ, it's not just, oh, it's, it's like Jesus gave me his jacket to keep me warm. It's Jesus gave me his identity to keep me righteous. Like, mm-hmm. That could have preached right there, just saying. Like, that's oh, what it, yeah, end the story. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Right, right, right. Mike Ross, except you have to request. How about uh, one of the challenges of the early church was uh, not having a Bible available to them to align the church doctrine and tradition to? Do we still have similar issues today, and why do you think we do or don't? No, let, let's answer that one. Yeah, that, that, I think that's appropriate. She works in church. Yeah. This <laughs> <laughs> um, is like, me, let me think thanks, about guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can jump in. Um, obviously, I write the questions, so I've been thinking about it since last night. Uh, <laughs> so I kind of feel like we can have this problem. Um, you know, depending on the person you talk to, very often you're talking to somebody who maybe comes from a church that is a little bit more legalistic, um, you know, uh, where dress codes are enforced and where, um, you know, there, there are certain standards of behavior. And if you don't meet the standards of behavior, then, then a lot of shame and embarrassment comes away and stuff like that. Um, why do I think we run into these issues today? If I'm going to be real, it all boils down to this. I think that Christians read their Bibles much less than they should. Mm-hmm. Um, we're so blessed, so blessed to have the ability to have Bibles in our homes. And there are still some places where they don't have a Bible translated in their own language, and it's inaccessible. Um, in the early church, it was inaccessible, so it was easy to be led astray. But that can't be an excuse anymore. Um, I don't know how many Bibles I have in our house. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say at, at least a dozen. I, I know I'm in possession of five. You know, um, like I have four. Yeah, I so have four. so we're. I, I'm gonna say we might be up in the twenties at this point. Okay, 
There's no excuse. <laughs> there are Bibles on every surface of our house. Pick it up and read it, folks. They're in every corner. You know, <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing is that, like, even if you don't have money for a Bible, the U version of the Bible is free and available on the Internet for everyone in every in so many languages, not every language, of course. We're still working on translating stuff. Right, six, actually. Yeah, six. Okay. <laughs> but but to the point is that the word's not inaccessible anymore. We just don't read it. And if we did, we would realize that all the power doesn't come from us being obedient children, although we need to be obedient to the Holy Spirit and to, to the law of Christ, but that the power of the gospel all rests in the hands of the Lord that made it. Read it, learn it, love it. Right? So good. Yeah, so good. I, I agree. <laughs> if I could just add on to that, um, it's the lack of, right? Um, I think we're so we're we're really spoiled um, nowadays. <laughs> um, you know, I working for the church and and you know being in ministry. I know that you know I see our church members and they can come in and get said a good word and walk away and be like, oh, I got my fill for the day. And it's like, no, you have to go back in now and read, you know, what was taught, apply it, what was taught. Um, you know, um, I used to be that one that uh, had three Bibles or five Bibles, and they would be sticky pages. And that meant I did not open up my Bible because I was dependent on, you know, the sermon. And that, that was it. And like you said, you hit it um, dead on. We need to just open up our Bibles. Um, put in the work, you know, continue to see uh, what the word is speaking to us and, and growing um, in relationship with God and, and, you know, not taking everything that, that a pastor or a, a, a deacon or anyone that is preaching on the pulpit um, say is true. Yes, they should be speaking truth and, and sound doctrine, but it's also good for us to just go back and open it the stories that they're giving us or, or, you know, go back and find the answers to the questions that we may have had uh, during the sermon that we obviously can't ask during the time they're giving the sermon, um, but just to go back and, and open it up for ourselves. And, you know, again, I say we're spoiled. We have our phones. If you don't want to open up a Bible, you can just go to your Bible app and go on your phone. And sometimes we lack that. Well, why? There's distractions, right? If we're doing it on our phone, we get all kinds of notifications. We get text messages. We get advertisements. We get notifications. And so I think it's important that if you just have your good uh, hardcover Bible, you know, just dive into it because, you know, in the future, in the end times and all this, you know, we can – that be a whole other <laughs> topic we could talk about. But I don't believe we'll have access to our phones. We won't have access to technology. And so it's important to just learn now how to – you know, navigate through our Bible and how to open it and, and get comfortable just doing that. You know, that's the basics is, is just opening up our Bible and, 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 and getting into it. Oh, yeah, I think that's a great point, too. And um, I actually just taught a Bible study skills class to a group of middle schoolers and high schoolers, 16 kids. We all kind of got together, and I taught them, first of all, how you find Scripture in the Bible. Some of them some of them good Christians, they go to they go to church, they're safe, but they don't know how to navigate the different books of the Bible and find a verse if you call them to. You know what I mean? And they all got mm-hmm. to learn that. But then they they also got to learn how to read a scripture, pray over that scripture, and allow God to show them truth out of his word. And I don't think there's anything more rewarding or awesome than watching 
a kid for the first time, you know, whether they're a teenager or they're a preteen or, or a small child, be able to open up the Word of God and genuinely read something, and God gives them an insight. And suddenly they're like, this isn't just for big people. God meant that for me. <laughs> like, it's powerful. Yeah. They don't have a little tiny Holy Spirit in them, either, right? You teach them not to have secondhand somebody else. Right. Nobody needs to be on the buffet of leftovers. Like, everybody is able to receive revelation from God. And because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that revelation you know, as 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 long as we're not putting our own presuppositions into it, it's going to be sound over the centuries, which is amazing to me. Um, so I've got a couple more questions in like six more minutes, so let's see if we can fly. Um, if God does all the work in salvation, how can we partner with him in bringing people to Christ? Covenant, who? Next. Covenant, who? Yeah. Jesus says covenant. <laughs> That's like my flash term, by the way, for folks who don't know. I say he, someone says covenant, and I, I light up. Yes, I love it. No, it's faith and prayer. <laughs> faith and prayer, yes. Reading your Bible. And mm-hmm. Reading your Bible, sharing God's word, right? Yeah, that's part of the faith thing. Yep, yep, yep. yep. I agree. Um, that was, yeah, I was about to say, I don't know, like, is there anything else there? But um, what can we do today? To be a better ambassador to share Jesus with the world. Submit. Ouch. Yep. That's that, my problem. That hurt. Like, you just flung an arrow. Believe <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, me, it, it got me first. <laughs> that cut deep. <laughs> okay, I think so. Do it. Good. Do it. I don't know, like. Just, just sharing with people, just sharing Jesus with people openly. And that's part of the submission part. It is, it is. But I'm, I'm gonna have to. Like they don't, they, they're not gonna like me. Who cares? I mean, I'm pretty likable <laughs> anyway. That's true. <laughs> you are too. Thank you. I like you. Thank you. What do you think, Pastor Liz? What you got to wrap us up there? You know, oh, Pastor, it's your lifestyle. Oh, I did. It's a lifestyle. I'm being prophetic. I'm being prophetic again. I called you Pastor Liz. So sorry. What did you say? Oh, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what were you saying, um, Liz? It's, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle for sure. It's all in relationship with God, and that's how you could be the best ambassador because you get filled with God, you reflect who he is in your life, and, you know, it's just it's, you just jam it out. It's just what you want to do every day. It's it's who you are, you know, because of because of knowing him and who he is in your life. And so, just reminding ourselves, it's a lifestyle. Christianity is should be a lifestyle. It's there. You, we can never miss an opportunity. We want opportunity. It's out there. From the moment we wake up, from the moment we go into grocery stores, you know, we go to our jobs, we go to. Our family's homes, you know, it should never stop us nor hinder us from how we reflect Christ because of who he is in our lives. And and so, yeah, I just say it's a lifestyle. That's, that's the greatest ambassadors we can be is, 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 you know, growing to be like Jesus. It says in the word to be in like his image. <laughs> We're creating I 100% agree. Okay. And having just gone to Walmart yesterday, I can testify that you absolutely need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. 
soon. God help me love these people. <laughs> well, guys, I think uh, I think at this point we can thank Liz for joining us. Thank you. Um, that concludes our final live episode of season one. We have finished the book of Romans and we've been doing this for a year and a half. We have been we have been doing it for a serious long time. We started in um September, August. End of August. end of end of August of last year. Um so with a couple of weeks off for personal reasons, um we've completed in just over a year. And I wanna thank so much like I, I don't know if everybody out there who listens to us knows um the dedication and time and effort that my co host I know they I know they live in my household, but this was my brainchild, and they kind of got sucked into it. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> I I I really wanted Mariah to join me because she's got such wisdom and she has um, such a great and and deep understanding of walking in alignment with the Holy Spirit, uh, having been out on on mission trips and having really been in places where she had no choice but to lean on the Lord. And her wisdom and experience is something that has really brought so much to this show. And on top of that, she's super adorable and one of my favorite human beings on the planet. You see, I am the favorite. Another one of my favorite human beings on the planet is my son who um, – <laughs> Is slightly incentivized to be here because it means that he can start his homework a little bit later, um, but because uh, <laughs> he's homeschooled. But I will say he is absolutely one of the most anointed young people I know, and I know that the Lord like talks, speaks to you, and moves in you. And I'm hoping that uh, next time you're going to bring forward uh, some teachings for us too, because I know He's gifted you in the areas of um, presenting the Word as well. Last time I presented the word, I was a game show host. I was asking you guys questions and had a time run. That was super fun, though. Like, what? I think you did a great job. <laughs> it wasn't a teaching, but it was fun. So, I mean, I don't know, necessarily have anything to give to these two people, but, it, you know, if you want to send them some love and, and tell them how much you've adored them being here this season, um, of course, I'm hoping they'll come back, but... Uh, Man, I will definitely come back. Cross is definitely in. Um, we're we're hoping that Mariah has time in her schedule. Of course, she's an adult, and <laughs> she has things that go on. So and yes, um, here we are. Are you Matthew's favorite? I know, right? But some things never change. <laughs> I think that'll probably keep happening into your forties. But um, but uh, Liz such a blessing to have you on really um, such an important show and one that was close to our hearts. And I know um, it was a gift to Mariah that you were here because she's been wanting you here for a while. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so we're thankful for you too. And we're thankful for the Lord. And uh, we'll see you guys. We'll, we'll be uh, working and preparing fervently. Well, hold on. What? We are also thankful for mama. Aw, because yeah. we started this weird and wild escapade um, of just picking all my escapades are weird. All and wild. of them, but they're 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 Jesus weird, so it works. Yeah, um, Jesus weird. Yeah, and I mean she's not spitting in people's eyes, so that's good. Uh, yeah, um, I mean if that was heal them, that would be like legit. 
And she's not. That, uh, that's re- a Jesus thing. We're going to leave that to Jesus. And she's not reading okay. the Bible saying receive the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Regardless, she um, has been faithful to always come up with a teaching on time and bringing speakers and encouraging people in their walk because sometimes we think our testimony doesn't really have much of an impact, but she gives people opportunity to share their stories, and that has made um, quite a big impact, not only here at home, but also for them, those that are sharing, but also the listeners, because it's stories from random people that are going through the same thing that they are and saying, there's hope, your story's not done yet. So thank you for giving room and space for that. So. And sometimes it surprises me that she has time for uh, this because, like, she usually helps with the youth every Wednesday and Sunday. It's awesome. I remember we were at. uh, She just does (laughs) everything. She just does everything. This is for mortals. (laughs) (laughs) Summer camp one time, and uh, you were actually helping as a leader because last minute Dave was like, "Hey." so do you want to help? Yeah, I think I I think I had less than forty eight hours notice. Yeah, yeah, it was like a day sure. before. It was like the day before, and I packed my bags and went out. But it was an amazing experience. I love um, being able to. First of all, I love kids. I love teenagers, and I love being able to Which be a part still of their lives. And is one of the many wonders of the universe. Why you love teenagers? <laughs> um, I think it's amazing. Well, I I can tell you exactly what's awesome about teenagers. It is amazing watching them move from being um, an obedient child to coming into adulthood on their own and watching the person that God is developing in them. It's literally a living miracle watching God move from um, simple obedience and trust into bringing them into, like, the plan that he had for them from the beginning of time. Like, what a privilege Mm -hmm. it is to be able to to feed into them. And, um, of course, I feel the same way about my kids. I get to homeschool them, and I get to watch, as as a privileged partner, them become the young people and the adults that God intended and to work miracles in and through them. such a good mom. So, aw. You were like, oh, what are you going to get? And I was like, I don't know, whatever they're serving me. And then you hugged me and walked up. And my friend, Yuel, who's like a head and a half taller than me, looked at me. Well, he really looked down at me. He was like, <laughs> that's your – wait, what? Why did she just hug you? I was like, that, that's my mom. No, Bella literally just looked at him and was like, you didn't know that? <laughs> they look so much alike. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like, how did you know <laughs> Well, you know, I wasn't trying to creep her, like, you know. So you're the one who insisted I go to the med bay after I cut my elbow open. I still think I could have, um... Yeah, spit on it and it would have been fine. Yeah, it would have been fine. Rub some dirt on it. Right, right, right. I'm sure, so... (laughs) Well, anyway, thank you so much, Liz, for being here and sharing your story. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Mom. Thank you to our listeners. I guess thanks, Cross. Thank you guys. It was it was fun. You guys are a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, are you? Thank you. So are you. We have a we have a good time and we had Thanks a better time because you were here. Thanks for I mean, hosting the show. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't sigh loud enough for the listeners to hear. <laughs> there we go. 
All right. Well, you guys have a wonderful week. We are going to have some great episodes airing um, in the meantime, and we'll see you live in January, January 3rd, when we start the Gospel of John. Yay! Goodbye! God bless and have a great week. Bye! Thank you. Goodbye, you guys.